We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. I want to talk to you today about prayer and fasting, two of the most important tools we have in our toolbox as believers, two of the most powerful things we can ever engage in as believers. I know somebody's already saying, but we fast every January. That's the tradition of our church. That's the problem of our church. We are steeped in tradition, worshiping our sacred cows, and we don't let God have an opportunity to do what God wants to do in our lives. So the month of September is going to be a month of fasting and prayer. You don't have to fast every day. You don't have to fast all foods and drink water only. I put in your outline some suggestions, some ways you can fast. You pray. You say to God, what do you want me to do so I can draw closer to you and hear from you and then follow him? Some of you will fast specific days of the week. Some of you will fast certain foods from your diet. Some of you will fast entertainment of all different types. Some of you will do a complete fast for a period of time. It's not important what you do. It's important who you're doing it for. You see, because prayer and fasting without seeking God and making Him priority in our life really doesn't profit us much. But when we begin to fast and pray, set a time aside time that we would normally dedicate to feeding the spiritual man and begin nourishing the, or the natural man and begin nourishing the spiritual man, then God shows up. Amen? Then God does great things. The month of August was powerful in this place. Can you say Amen? It's amazing what God did, from debt relief to people being healed and their lives being turned around. It's an amazing thing. But August is behind us, and September is before us. So this is our question, God, what do you want to do in this house in September? What do you want to do in me in September? How do you want to transform me and change me and transform this church and change this church to become and to be what you're asking us to be? We understand it first begins when we dedicate ourselves to Him through prayer and fasting. In Mark chapter 9, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, I gave it to you so you have the complete reference. You'll have the story of Jesus coming to where His disciples are at, and there's a huge crowd gathered around them. The scribes are arguing with one another and with the disciples. And there's a man that had brought his son to the disciples who had a demon spirit, an evil spirit in him. And the man said to Jesus, your disciples couldn't do what I need done. They couldn't liberate or free my son from the clutch of the evil one. Jesus said, how long has he been this way? He said, from a child. In other words, his whole life. And then Jesus spoke to that spirit. The son was freed. He raised him up in newness of life. And then the disciples said, why couldn't we do that? And I want you to look at the verse. It's found in verse 29. He said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So here's the challenge this morning. Are you longing for something deeper in God? Then you need to begin fasting and praying. Are you longing for a loved one to be turned around and brought to Jesus Christ and their life transformed? Then begin to pray and fast. I can't really explain it to you. I mean, I could try, but you would be as confused as I am many times of how it works when we consecrate ourselves to God, give Him our time, our effort, our energy, and we make a sacrifice 
to him. Because when we do that, it opens the door of obedience and God pours out upon us a blessing we cannot contain or even begin to understand. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really worn slick with doing things that man can do. Because when we do what man can do, we get the result of what man can do. I'm interested in doing something and seeing something that only God can do. I'm interested in the supernatural, the miraculous, the Holy Spirit of the living God showing up not just on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but every day of our lives so that people we come in contact with notice there's something different about you because God is moving in your life. Why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. Two things I want you to notice there, sacrifice and service, sacrifice and and service. Every one of us are called to make a sacrifice. Now understand, I'm not saying your salvation comes through your sacrifice. No, it was bought at Calvary when Jesus made the supreme and the ultimate sacrifice and paid the cost and the penalty for our forgiveness and our redemption. What I'm saying is when you choose to set yourself apart, when you choose to lay your life on that proverbial altar, when you choose to say, God, here I am, do with me as you will and you please get my will out of the way let your will be done in me something powerful happens and it moves you you ready it moves you from a position of sacrifice to a position of service it moves you from the place where you're thinking about yourself to where you've been thinking about others. You see, I'm convinced if you spend time praying and fasting, you'll come to the point where you recognize God doesn't just want you sitting on a seat on Sundays and Wednesdays. He wants to involve your life in service. And that service may not be in the realms of these four walls. It may be going to the carnage center next Sunday night and serving dinner to the homeless. It may be helping someone in your job. It may be helping that widow lady next door to you move because she doesn't have any help or any family. Do you hear what I'm saying? Come on, it's time to take the blinders off, break the bonds off, and understand that service is the result of sacrifice. But until you're willing to offer your life as a living sacrifice, you're going to be real happy, real content, A-OK, with coming in every Sunday morning, finding your seat, and don't let anybody else sit in my seat because this is my seat, singing the worship songs, lifting your hands, being prayed for, and God touching you, and then you go home and you say, wow, what a great service that was, but you'd never tell anybody about it. You see, because sacrifice demands service. They're tied together. They're inalterable. When you begin to offer your life as a living sacrifice through fasting and prayer, God is going to challenge you to step into a place of service. You see, I got to tell you, folks, the church of Jesus Christ should never have to beg somebody to step up. The church of Jesus Christ should be so full of the power of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit that when there is an opportunity, we are running to fill that opportunity. Now, I know, I get it. Everything doesn't light your fire. I get that. You will never see me in the nursery. 
I love my grandkids to death, but I don't have a lot of tolerance for keeping other people's kids. You know what I mean? Some of you are the same way, so don't go there. Find where your gift is at and serve in that gift, and God will bless you, and God will use you, and you'll be thrilled, and you'll be happy, and you'll be telling everybody about what God is doing in your life. Because sacrifice always brings service. So when we talk about fasting and prayer, Jesus said to the disciples, this kind only comes by fasting and prayer. In other words, there are strongholds or thresholds that can only be conquered, that can only be pulled down by sacrificing our time, by putting ourselves in that position where God can move through us and fill us with a greater power than we've ever had before. Now, I don't know about you, but if you pay attention to what's happening in the world around us, you have to recognize we need some power in the church. We need to see people liberated from the demonic. Let me tell you something. Somebody doesn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go kill some people. That's not the way it works. The devil has been working overtime to bring people to a place where life has no value and it doesn't matter what the consequence may be of their action. Listen, 12 and 13-year-olds don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to kill myself. Something's been happening all along to bring them to that point from the realms of darkness. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to say, we need some power that comes through sacrifice. We need some power that is actuated, power that is released by the catalyst of my laying my life on the altar and becoming a living sacrifice unto Jesus Christ so that I may serve him in the realms of those strongholds. Listen, I'm here to tell you, if you will get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and come to the place where you're sacrificing your life on a daily basis to Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about carrying crosses. I'm not talking about doing religious things. I'm not talking about reciting litanies. I'm talking about laying your life down so that he can raise you up. The same power that raised Christ from the dead can then dwell in you. And when that happens, there isn't a demon from hell that can stand against you. There isn't a power from darkness that can conquer you, overcome you. You can look at the demonic and in Jesus' name, bring liberty. Why? because you paid the price to receive the power to deliver the service. Are y'all following me this morning? Are you with me today? Do you understand what the Word is saying to us? We did three days of a complete fast last week, Sunday night through Wednesday night. God did some marvelous things. By the way, if you aren't coming to the Wednesday prayer meeting, shame on you. You need to be here. God's doing a powerful thing in this place. One day, you won't be able to get a seat in this house because people are coming to pray to offer their time as sacrifice, receive power, and go in service. You need to be here on Wednesday night. God's doing a great thing. Now, I know, yeah, we have youth and rangers and impact girls all for uh, teens and students and kids. That's all still happening. But in the sanctuary... If you're an adult and you're not coming to pray, shame on you. Get in the presence of God and let God do something in your life. Say amen or say oh me. I don't care. Four things very quickly fasting and prayer does for us. Number one, fasting takes us into a deeper relationship with God. When we deny the natural man to feed the spiritual man, we find great access into God's presence. 
Fasting and prayer, when we couple them together, reveal God's will for our lives. So many times people come and say, I just need a word. What does God want from me? The response is, go fast and pray and see what he says. You see, we're living in a society that doesn't want to pay the price to receive the blessing. We simply want some preacher or prophet or apostle to spoon feed it to us. Can I tell you, the God I serve wants to talk directly to you. He doesn't need an intermediary. He always has one, and his name is Jesus. He wants to speak by his spirit into your spirit. Stop looking for a word and start seeking the God. Seeking the God of the Word. When we begin to fast and pray, our spirit and our mind begin to rejoice because of what God is doing in us. Mark 2.20 says, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast in that day. Know that the sacrificial elements of fasting and prayer always bring eternal benefits. Always. Our temporary discomfort when we're fasting, denying ourselves of food in order to seek God, our temporary discomfort always brings spiritual reward when we're seeking God. Number two, denying the, the natural man through fasting and prayer always feeds the spiritual man. Always feeds the spiritual man. What can we fast from? We can fast from foods or certain types of foods. I understand there are physical limitations for some. I'm not encouraging you to go off of a diet that's going to kill you. That's not what it's about. I'm encouraging you to find a way to set aside time, give it to God, and make that sacrifice through fasting or prayer. When we do that, you see, two things I want you to do. We can fast from things. We can fast from food. We can fast from social media. We can fast from television. We can fast from things. And number two, we can fast for things. We can fast for us to be surrendered to Christ completely and totally. We can fast for our loved ones to come to him. We can fast for growth and increase in our church. We can fast for spiritual fervor and revival to occur first in us and then in those around us. We can fast from things and we can fast for things. And you always have to know what I'm fasting from and what I'm fasting for. What's the end game? What are you moving towards that's revealed by God? And when we choose to do that, we gain wisdom and understanding from the Father. We're able to discern His will. That's why Paul continued to write in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So you can prove what is that good perfect and acceptable will of God. What did verse 1 say? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, because when you do, then you're going to prove what is the perfect will of God. Tie it together and see what God can do in your life. Number three, when we choose to fast and pray, it prepares our hearts for revival. I, I, I debated about this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I am really tired of people who tell me the church needs to be revived. Why they themselves are doing nothing for personal renewal and personal revival. It's easy to be a critic, can you say amen? 
But we're not looking for critics. We're looking for participants. We're looking for people who have heard from the Spirit of God. And God has said, now is the time. This is the hour. Today is the day. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Set yourself apart and see what I will do first in you. The greatest benefit of fasting of prayer is what happens in me. And the overflow then affects others around me. Yes, it prepares our hearts for revival. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, what did Jesus say to the disciples? You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. What did those guys do? They spent 10 days locked in a room, 120 of them. You want revival? Find 119 people who are as serious about it as you are and begin to fast and pray. And see what happens. Wednesday night, there was 124 in the sanctuary. That's more than 119, isn't it? Come back next Wednesday night. It'll be a greater number. And as we gather together in one accord and in one purpose, God shows up and we will then see the overflow of what he's doing in our lives. On the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues, languages they'd never learned. Those out in the street began to hear them. They said, how can this be? We hear them speak our languages from all across this part of the world. It makes no sense. These are simple Galileans. When Holy Spirit shows up, what he does won't make sense to the outside world, but it will draw the outside world. And when they're drawn to him, then he changes hearts and lives because 3,000 people gave their hearts to God on that day as Peter declared Jesus Christ. Empowerment flows from the throne when we choose to fast and pray. We're able to press in, receive power to fulfill the great commission, the greatest command of all time. What the church is to be about and the mission we are to embody. And number four. Fasting and prayer breaks satanic strongholds. We saw it in our text this morning. When the disciples were unable to set free that young boy, Jesus told them this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. Praying while fasting, listen, praying while fasting brings victory. Victory. Praying while fasting brings victory. We combat spiritual oppression. We pull down the works of darkness. We un, uh, pull down satanic strongholds when we choose to fast and pray. So when difficulties arise in your life, take a piece of advice. You don't need to whine about it. It happens to all of us. You don't need to complain about it. We all go through things. What you need to do is fast and pray. Because when you fast and pray for something and from something, you will see that God does mighty things in your life and brings victory into your heart. It's through fasting and prayer that we're refreshed, we're revived, we're empowered when we're, when we're in fasting and prayer. It's through fasting and prayer that we receive the ability, the, the power from God, the equipment to deal with the trials of life. Isaiah chapter 58, if you've never read it, there's an entire passage about the fast God will honor. And he begins by talking about the reasons God won't honor the fast of Israel. But this is what he said in verse 6 of Isaiah 58, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. 
We're fasting for something. We're fasting so that the bonds of wickedness will be broken. The oppressed will go free. Every yoke will be undone. And when we fast and pray, we're equipped with the dutimous power of the Spirit of God to combat the enemy and pull down satanic strongholds. Maybe you're hearing you say, wow, this is kind of radical and different. I've never fasted. Can I challenge you to do it? Start slow. If you're uncertain about it, do one meal a day. Just drink water. And during that time you would normally eat, spend it seeking God, praying, reading His Word, saying, God, what are you saying to me? And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find the heavens open. You're going to find that this book that you had trouble understanding suddenly makes sense because you're focusing on the Lord and what God wants to do in your heart and life. If you've never done it before, remember we fast from something and for something. So what are you fasting for? How about a relative who doesn't know Jesus? How about someone who's bound by drugs and addiction? Carlos challenged us Wednesday night to pray at 8 and at noon and at 4 every day for people in the church to rise up and be equipped and plugged in for great growth and increase, and for those family members bound by addiction. Fast for something. Know what your objective is. Understand what you want to see. And then, when the spiritual breakthrough happens, don't just sit down and say, oh, that's wonderful. Celebrate it. Rejoice. Thank God He is so good. Why do you think a few weeks ago we spent the whole service just rejoicing and thanking God because He severed $7.4 million in debt in a miraculous and a wonderful way that man could never have done, that only God could do? Oh, somebody hear me. Celebrate the victories when they come. And when you do that, it's going to fuel your fire to pray and to fast more. Because you see, the cause has an effect. The end result is worth it. I may have been discomforted for a moment, but look what God has done for eternity when I laid my life on that altar of sacrifice. It's an amazing thing what God does in us. And through us, we celebrate the victories. Another tip, take a, a ledger or a notebook or a journal and write down what you're fasting and praying for. Put a date beside them. And then when God does it, put a date beside that and write fulfilled, completed, done. Don't have to go back. He already took care of it. Oh, somebody, celebrate the victories in what God is doing in your heart and in your life. In troubled times, and we all have them, we need to be a people who understand the way through is through fasting and prayer. Because when we deny our natural cravings, our spiritual desires are fortified and strengthening. Tom, would you come back? Fasting will never go in vain. It will always benefit those in our immediate circle and in the lives in this church when we choose to fast and pray. Someone said, well, I don't know that I can go without eating. Maybe you need to read Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. When we set ourselves apart to seek Him through fasting and prayer, then God comes in and satisfies our needs and our longings. I know this hasn't been deep. I know it hasn't been long. I know it hasn't had you shouting. That wasn't the purpose of this message. The purpose was to challenge this church to a month of fasting and prayer.
We saw what God did in three days. Can you imagine what he can do in 30 days? Can you imagine what will occur if we as born-again believers, part of Christian Heritage Church, will set apart a part of our time every day, every week, to seek God for the next 30 days and say, God, I'm fasting from this. I'm not doing breakfast. I'm not doing lunch. I'm not doing dinner, whatever it is. I'm not doing social media. I'm not watching television. Whatever it is, I'm fasting from something, and I'm fasting for growth and increase. I'm fasting for miracles. I'm fasting for your presence to increase and intensify. I'm looking forward to the day when on Labor Day weekend, the presence of God will be so heavy in this place that people will say, let's go to the beach Friday and Saturday, but I'm not missing church on Sunday morning. Oh, come on. When we begin to fast and pray, change occurs. Change occurs. And when we begin to fast and pray, you know what? I won't have to challenge you to invite people to church. It becomes the natural overflow of what God's doing in your life. It becomes the natural result of His presence and of His Holy Spirit because what you have is so great and so wonderful, you can't but share it with somebody else. And it automatically occurs. You know, there's all kinds of programs to get people in the church. All kinds of church growth campaigns that are out there today that are based on touching culture, touching people where they're at today. And they probably work to a degree. I won't deny that. But I'm here to tell you what always works is when the Spirit of God shows up and the Spirit of God touches people in that place of their culture and brings transformation and change and liberty and hope and renewal into their hearts and into their lives. Stand with me this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here today. You say, I'm going to join with you, Pastor. I'm going to make a commitment that at some point of every week, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. I'm not asking for every day. I'm asking for some days. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. That's you. Just slip up your hand. You're making a commitment, not to me, but to God. It's a commitment to God. Don't vow unless you honor the vow. Don't commit unless you plan to keep the commitment. Father, you see this multitude of hands that have been raised today. Touch hearts, touch lives. Drive deep within us a resolve to follow through, to seek you, to put our lives on that altar of sacrifice at some point through the day and to allow you to speak into our spirits. Fill us until we overflow. Flow in this place with a mighty rushing river. Do your work within us, I pray. Accomplish your will and your purposes. Honor these who have lifted hands and said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast from something. I'm going to fast for something. So God will show up mighty in behalf of my life, my church, my family, my community. Do your works in us, I pray. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. And we thank you for it. In the name that stands above every name. In Jesus' name. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.